Good morning and greetings in the strong name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To those of you that are gathered with us, to about the 16 people who are watching us through live stream, and to those who'll be watching the service later on video. It's really a pleasure to be with you. One of the exciting things about being part of Hardwick Ministries and each of our communities is that we are a communities, and in our communities we are called to bear one another's burdens and to encourage and build each other up. And uh, this has been an interesting season of ministry all the way back from last March to July until we started meeting again. And we really appreciate your cooperation as we have encouraged you um, to wear a mask and worship. Um, and we wear those masks and worship out of concern um, for those around us, um, for those who um, have special needs. As we journeyed into this um, COVID-19 era and as we made decisions about video worship moving back in place, one of the fun parts has been that we tend to reevaluate all our decisions. We made a decision for time and we have to go back and we have to double check it against um, other information and material. And so this morning, I'm actually pleased to say to you all that we are encouraging you um, to begin singing if you're wearing a mask in a medium to low volume. Um, we're not going to discourage you. We're going to invite you to sing if you are wearing a mask. Now, I say that if you're wearing a mask, if you are not wearing a mask, please don't sing. If you sing without a mask, we get to have an awkward conversation. How many of you like awkward conversations? Okay, those awkward conversations are actually easy to avoid um, within our community. But as a staff, um, we've been praying, reading through the research, we want to um, open up the possibility for you to begin singing with a mask on as we worship together, because singing is an important part of, of worship. Okay, so let us now um, stand together, and we will um, begin by reciting um, a call, our responsive reading. Okay, here we go. Please stand with me. Let us worship God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Let us worship God as Christ's ambassadors. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. Let us now join together in singing Love Divine, All Love Excelling.
Amen. Be seated if you would, please. Again, welcome. I appreciate Darwin's word. And as we try to work together, one of the things I want to say is thanks for working together because it's making a difference. We can gather, we can join hearts together in worship and in praise, and we can love our neighbor by helping one another stay healthy. I don't know if you've followed the little, uh, what shall we call, Harper's Bar in East Lansing, 180 cases from one gathering. I used to tell folks, though I was diligent about it, that celebration is doing better than Harper's Bar. But now I can say celebration is doing better by cooperating and working together. We're doing better not passing on the COVID virus than the University of Notre Dame. So we're moving up in uh, life, aren't we? It's good to be together. I'm thankful for this moment, thankful for what God is doing in our midst. Um, Let us continue to stay grounded in his good word, to live out the fullness of his grace right where he would have us. I'm going to focus on that quite a bit in the sermon this morning. Right now, let's confess again our faith as given to us in the Heidelberg Catechism. Uh, Let us respond together. I'll begin with a question. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul to life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ by his Holy Spirit assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Let us continue to worship under the leadership of our bell choir.
Amen. Thank you so much. They have been rehearsing week to week now uh, to prepare for this moment and to lead us and encourage us. I appreciate your time and for getting us to this moment of encouragement. I want to take a moment and pray. And as, is, as has been my habit, I'll pray for another circle of authority in our lives this week for our local government and we'll pray for missionaries, the Yoder family. But I want to give time as well for you to lift before the Lord the intercessions of your heart. Each of you has a circle of relationships and people and circumstances that you know about. And so you can be an intercessor for those. And the good news is the Lord our God can hear all of our hearts at once. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, our God and Father, we thank you that you've loved us deeply in Jesus Christ. I pray this day that we might learn and know and be gripped by that love in fresh new ways. Help us leave this place different because of what you have done. We thank you that you've called us as your people, that is a part of Heart Awake Ministries. You've placed us here for decades, centuries, to make clear the gospel of Jesus. So we pray for Heart Awake, for Pastor Darwin, and for Norlin and the facilities team, for the council. We thank you for the ministry that goes on to students and into the community through Neighbors Plus. Thank you for the way that this congregation has stood together as volunteers with finances, with prayers in the midst of this challenging season. We pray for our sister community watershed and for Pastor Aaron as he brings the word from Psalm 84 this day. For Pastor Luke, who will be preaching at Fusion. We ask that in each place there be anointing of your grace that makes Jesus clear. We pray too for Pastor Florencio and Mission that'll meet right here in just a few hours and see the gospel of Jesus communicated in the Spanish language. Father, we pray for the people of celebration as you've gathered us both here and by live stream. We pray for those with particular needs. We pray for Howard, foot and shoulder, for Re as she has rehab with heart and kidney. For Cal and Carol and an upcoming anniversary, we thank you for faithfulness across time, for your grace bearing fruit. Father, hear the prayers of your people as we pray for those in our circle of relationships. Lift them up, every need, every person, every circumstance. Now, Father, we pray too for those in authority over us, particularly in this season, just as your word instructs us in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2. We pray now for our local government, for city and township, as they make decisions in pursuit of safe business and safe living for our people. Bind us together that we might find in community good directions in life. We pray for our county, Ottawa for those in specific points of um, decision-making, guide them in every way. We pray for the first responders, fire, emergency, police, things that they face unique to their calling. We pray that you'd guide them and equip them, guard them as they seek to serve and protect. 
We thank you for them and we pray for all those who serve as first responders in our locale. And Father, we pray as well for school boards and for teachers, public and private, charter. Uh, We pray too. Parents are finding themselves much more deeply involved in the education uh, progress for their children. We pray for all those making decisions with all the ambiguous, challenging, changing circumstances. Move on them by the power of your Holy Spirit. Even those who um, step away from you, we thank you that you can use them. Whoever they are, where you've placed them, Father, we pray for them. That you would use them as your instrument in our life. Father, we thank you that the gospel is bigger than just our need or our desires. That you've called us as a people to go out to all nations, every tribe and tongue. And so we pray for our missionaries, Zach and Christy Yoder, for their family uh, here in uh, Holland right now, but anxious to get back to Nigeria with their work with uh, Wycliffe. Bless and guide them, even as you have through the birth of these twins. Be encouragement. Father, in all things, bind us together as your people, that we might be of one heart and in one voice, just as we pray in this moment just as Jesus taught us. Let's say together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Well, we've been working through the Psalms through the course of the summer. And here we are with Psalm 84 in our daily readings. It's a great psalm. You'd call it a psalm of pilgrimage, of journey, that brings people to Zion where the sacrifice was made. Now, we read all of these things in light of the cross, because we're at a unique place in history to see. So read and hear with the cross in mind, but hear the word of God, Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baha, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk, whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Let's pray. 
Father, we thank you for your great love that centuries ago, you moved upon your servants to pray and to hear your voice and to write. Thank you for the way you've uh, preserved these texts across centuries, that now we may read them and translate them. And in its moments, by your grace, I might exposit that your Holy Spirit would illumine these words to our lives, transform our hearts after the image of our loving and gracious God, Jesus Christ. Thank you for this moment, Father. Thank you that your love is greater than my brokenness and that you will minister to your people. We pray and ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Bruce Springsteen writes of this feeling, this sense so well. Got a wife and kids in Baltimore, Jack. I went out for a ride and I never went back. Like a river that don't know where it's flowing, I took a wrong turn and I just kept going. Everybody's got a hungry heart. Sing with me now. It don't. But that chorus, everybody's got a hungry heart. The third verse, everybody needs a place to rest. Everybody wants to have a home. Don't make no difference what nobody says. Every English teacher has just choked. Ain't nobody like to be alone. There's something he's looking for that he hasn't found in a relationship and he's hoping he can just hit the road and find it. A decade or so earlier, Simon and Garfunkel, at the beginning of their uh, acclaimed career in music, I'm sitting in a railway station, got a ticket for my destination. Mm-hmm. On a tour of one night stands, my suitcase and guitar in hand, and every stop is neatly planned for a poet and a one-man band, but homeward bound. I wish I was homeward bound. See, they've taken this great step in a career. Each night they get to perform before an audience, connect and watch their music move them, and yet something is missing. Tonight I'll sing my songs again. I'll play the game and pretend. But all my words come back to me in shades of mediocrity, like emptiness and harmony. I need someone to comfort me. I'm here. I should be happy, but I'm not. One of my favorite movies, The Wizard of Oz. Here's the poor young teenage girl, Dorothy. Can't get along with her adopted parents. Fighting with the hands at the farm. The wicked wants to hurt poor little Toto. I'm going to run away. Well, she runs away, you know the story, and suddenly finds herself out of the land of Kansas in black and white and in the land of Oz in color. Have you ever driven through Kansas? I did one time, and I remember thinking, I now understand the movie. She left behind all that would never give her joy, but suddenly she's discovered Munchkins, a balloon, a wizard, manicures, flying monkeys. And in the midst of that, there's no place like home. 
There's no place like home. Friends, all of these expressions are about longing for something better and something more. I believe it's a universal sense of the human heart that there is a better place for me to be than here. Even when here is good, it never lasts for long. And it never is quite as good. There's a better place for me to be. We arrive at the beach on vacation. It's marvelous. Four days later, I'm thinking other things. Why is that, friends? That even when a place is good, it's not enough and it does not last. Even when life on this planet is at its best, we've all had those peak moments. You've got a story when suddenly this is what it's all about. And yet over time, the shine begins to fall off. The compelling nature, maybe if I just had more, so we try a bigger house. Maybe, maybe if I just made more, so we work extra. And yet day to day, even when it's good, it's not enough. It does not laugh. It, and it does not last. I think that that's an ongoing cry of the human heart. Bruce Springsteen speaks to it. Paul Simon, Dorothy. How about you? Do you hear that yearning of the heart for something more? This is good, but it's not quite enough. I want to tell you, friends, the psalmist speaks to this in Psalm 84. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out. That's the same expression of the boss, of Simon and Garfunkel. There's something more to life. This has been a marvelous psalm to meditate through this week. As I dug into it, I began to see there's three distinct uh, divisions it, you don't see it so much in the um, New International Version. They hide the Selahs. Do you know about the Selah? S-E-L-A-H. It's kind of a poetic division. Some translations put it right in there. Others kind of leave it out. For a musician, it's verse and chorus, that sort of thing. There's two Selahs that give you three different divisions. And each of those divisions has a particular blessed. So this is about the blessing of having that yearning of the heart met. In the first is verses one through four. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. See, there's a knowing that there is more here. But it has to do with finding the place of the presence of the Lord. I yearn for the courts. I cry out for you. It's a place of his presence. It's a place of, of wholeness and healing because the sparrow and the swallow find their home as well. All creation. I want to tell you, God has a place and a person that meet the needs of your heart, and it's not in this world. The second division is all about journey and pilgrimage. It's fascinating to me. Look at verse 6. 
as they pass through the valley of Baca, he's talking here about a journey, about something that will take time and effort. I want to tell you, friends, that an encounter with the living God and his working out his good purpose in your life is more than just an event. Oh, I've had a profession of faith. That's good. How about the journey? Oh, I met Jesus. That's great. How about the journey? See, this is a psalm of pilgrimage. It starts with that first blessed in verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Now, for the writer of this psalm, he's thinking about getting back to the temple. But he speaks to us about this journey. It's going to take time and effort. There will be ups and downs. In fact, there will be deserts. How many of you in your profession of faith class were taught that there would be dry times and hard times? If you responded to an evangelist in a crusade, perhaps, did they say, come forward, because you'll be going through hard times? It's funny how honest the Scripture is and how nervous we are. But it's very clear here, this pilgrimage to get to the place of the person of God, this pilgrimage will take time and effort. There'll be ups and downs, and we are called to bear fruit along the way. They pass through the valley of Baca, that's a desert valley, but they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. Friends, I want to tell you about the pilgrimage of the faithful. We will go through desert times, but by the grace of God and by the hope of our pilgrimage end, we will make a difference right here. You know, many times Orthodox Christianity is kind of challenged. Is, are you just concerned with the by and by? Have you ever heard of that? Pie in the sky, by and by, that's all Christianity is. Christianity is not. Christianity is such a confidence in what God has for us that we live today better. That the valley of Baca will see springs burst forth. No doubt, we are in a desert time. But no doubt, God's grace and the hope of all that he has promised will make these deserts blossom. Because you see, where we're going, the third leg of this journey is about the Lord himself. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Again, the psalmist is thinking the king, anointed of God, perhaps the the high priest with that anointing of his office. But we see here the true and perfect anointed. Who is that? The Lord Jesus Christ. What the king and the priest point to is fulfilled and made whole in Christ Jesus himself. And better is one day in courts with him than a thousand elsewhere. Blessed is the one, that final blessing. Blessed is the one who trusts in you, O Lord. See, that's the calling for us. You see, in light of the cross and the empty tomb, We have great promises. Let me just read some to you. Be encouraged in this. 
Do you realize that even as we are on pilgrimage, on journey through the valleys of Baca, even as we have a hope for what is to come, in each one of us as individuals, the Holy Spirit dwells. Listen to what Paul says. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit. The word here is almost a real estate word, like, like earnest money. You've been given a deposit for what is to come, guaranteeing our inheritance unto the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. There is a true and perfect place where we meet the true and perfect person who can fulfill all that our hearts yearn for. For now, we live in light of that promise with a first fruit, with an earnest money, with a deposit, and we live differently. We live differently with the promise as a people. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, put his spirit in our hearts as deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. When God's people, filled with the Holy Spirit, gather as a group and as a people filled with the Holy Spirit, God is in his temple. And I want to tell you, friends, that God is taking us to a place. I've never seen it. But in Revelation 21, we read this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is more than just some wispy, airy, other dimension. This is a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. This is not a place of our making. It's ours to receive the gift of God's good work. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things will have passed away. By contrast, Bruce and Paul and Dorothy are looking to the creation to meet the needs of their heart. Oh, I'll just hop on my motorcycle and go find something. Oh, if I could just get home and get off the road. Oh, if I could just click my heels and get where I want to be. You see, the yearning of their hearts is they're trying to meet it with something from the creation. The gospel says the yearning of all hearts is only met in Christ Jesus. What this means is that for marriages, you're not out there looking for a soulmate. Have you ever listened to that kind of conversation with someone? I found my soulmate. I want to tell you something, friends. There is not a flesh and blood person on the planet who can stand up under the weight of being your soulmate. Because your heart, what it needs is to be reunited with the maker and redeemer of your soul. 
that when my heart has been made full in Christ, I am free then to be a husband and let Mary Lynn be a wife. I've often said, have you heard me say this? Mary Lynn makes a great wife. She's an awful God. If I try to get out of her what only God can give me, my heart will continue to yearn. Our LGBTQ neighbors will not find an identity by fully expressing their sexual desires or preferences. That's not where an identity comes from. God, by his grace, has offered us an identity as a fully adopted child of the great creator king. It's not mine to discover or to establish, to fight for or to express. I receive that adoption. I don't achieve my desires. Friends, can you identify where you are looking to a created thing for identity or security that can only come from God himself, from being in the place of his presence? See, I want to tell you something that I've learned over the years with both believers and people who are outside the commitment of faith. The hunger of their heart is the point of seeking for God the Lord. Now again, to really do ministry, you've got to be close enough to hear the cry of another person's heart. This is not just walking by and saying, ah, get Jesus and you're cool. It's where is the heart? Where is the pain? It's asking, will one more motorcycle ride and one more relationship really give you what you want? There is one who gave his life for you, who opens the door to be more than you ever imagined. We've got to be close enough to hear the cry of another person's heart, and we need to be insightful enough to see how the gospel of God's grace meets that need. Can you hear your heart cry? Can you hear the heart cry of a neighbor? Do you see how a, a, a new relationship with a living God can affect what that would be? We need to be loving enough to speak and to make that connection. That's what ministry is. Hearing the cry of a heart, seeing how the gospel connects, making that connection, inviting and bringing. My soul cries out for you. We will find our rest in him because we have been made for him. My soul is restless, said Augustine, until it finds rest in you. We've been created for relationship with him. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, our God and Father, we thank you that the gospel is good news to people who are yearning for more than they have found in life. I pray that you might root us deeply in the good news of adoption, that you've made us living children of the great king. You've transformed us from simply creatures of a creator to fully adopted children. Thank you for the good news for all people, whether Bruce or Paul or Dorothy or myself or my neighbor, that you have called us into relationship with you through what Jesus did at the cross. As the words are up on the screen, I'm going to ask that we finish this by praying once again, this gospel meditation. Let's pray together. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, 
for me and for all humanity. I am not my own, but instead, by the working of his grace, I am a deeply loved and fully adopted child of the great creator king. Jesus has loved me first and loved me as I am right here and right now, not as I should be or could be. He has also given the Holy Spirit to work in me, transforming me day by day into his likeness. In that way, Jesus increasingly works through me as he brings about the restoration and reconciliation of all creation. Holy Spirit, help me to believe this and increasingly see the evidence of your work in my life, values, and actions. We pray this in Jesus' name. Now let's, I'm going to ask you, I think, to remain seated, but let's, with masks, sing and meditate on this truth, how firm a foundation. I'll ask you to stand and receive the benediction from 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And now may the grace of Christ, which daily renews us, and the love of God, which enables us to love all, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, which unites us in one body, may that make us eager to obey the will of God until we meet again through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Amen. Now I'll ask that we sing the doxology and dismiss... Uh, out the back. I'll help with that.